The NFL Combine is on the horizon. What's up, IBT family? Tonight, we're going to preview the rookie showcase for fantasy football and betting purposes. We're also going to have Joey Wright stopping by later in the program to give us his best bets for the Oscars coming here later this month. Let's sit tight. It's the IBT podcast coming at you. Because I've been in tune, out of touch, coming off the bench, trying to shake the funk, check your stat line, see who's up, that over-under hit too clutch. I'm trying to avoid getting carried away with the jet sweet sleeping on a trick play, predicting all of my moves like they seen every play, so I'm running it back, head down, get out of my way, and it's for the law with only one thing to do, I guess I'll say a prayer and put it all on the line for you, but they Just one thing to say, yeah, what they don't know. Something they hadn't seen. I'm off that mean Joe Green. It got me fading between. Yeah, I got it. And I got The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, all right, all right. It is Tuesday, February 20, 20th, 2024. The road to the NFL draft and ultimately the fantasy football season is heating up already. We close one chapter just to begin another. And a little over a week from now, the home of IndyCar, the home of Larry Bird will be taking over by the NFL community. Yes, the Combine, it's heading its way towards Indianapolis next week, and we'll certainly chat all about it tonight on the program. My name is Seth Wilcock. I'm joined by quite the cast of characters tonight. The big brain, the big business, Eric Romoff, cash and checks. How we feeling? We're looking fresh, Eric. How's the vibes out there in Texas? Man, vibes are good. Cash and checks, snapping necks. Can't believe we're already talking about the NFL draft, like the, the Super Bowl wraps up, you blink twice, and we're we're deep into the combine yes. and getting ready for, for draft season, right? No, it's it's good to have you on the show, man. And yes, everything's heating up substantially. Uh, and we're also joined by the man of the people tonight, the QB1 in every year's draft class, Nicholas Hoover, a.k.a. Hoove. What's up, Hoove? How we doing tonight, man? QB1 forever, baby. I know TD's around. He's going to hear that. He's going to get hyped. You say that's my QB and QB one forever, baby. But I'm I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. I got I got a good high today coming off of the NFL mock draft database picking up our article and, Let's go. and really uh really providing some uh some content for the people. So I appreciate whoever was behind that and uh, posting that for us. We really do appreciate it. So um yeah, I'm feeling good. You know, I'm glad people are reading. I'm glad people are enjoying it, and uh, IBT is getting out there. So let's go. I'll fire it up. Let's go, baby. Tonight on the program, we are going to do a combine preview, talk about some risers and some potential fallers. We're also going to have Joey Wright stop by later in the program for some Oscars betting picks. We like to talk a lot of movies here on the program. However, we're not the most educated moviegoers, uh, so we're going to bring in someone who is. Joey Wright, excited to have him join the program later today. And then Good News of the Week, we'll round it out. And we're also joined by a guy who's been making me sound good behind the mic since 2018, audio producer, Kyle Scott, Jim, how are we doing? Knowing that you've been putting up with my bullshit and nonsense for over half a decade now. Howdy, 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 boys. Hey, man, it's never a chore with you, but uh, I'm eating spicy pickles hanging with my boys right now. For me, things couldn't get better. Like, this is awesome. There we go. I appreciate you, man. And I appreciate the IBT family as well, rocking and rolling with us every single week. I, I know the uh, chats have been packed all weekend long. We had some great support on our NASCAR content for the Daytona 500. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for being with us here tonight as well. We got Albert. Good evening, IBT. Good evening to you, Albert. Thanks so much for joining us, man. And uh, yeah, it it's already shaping up to be a great 2024 sports season. So excited to get into it. Thank you guys again for all the support. We do have our goal of 1,000 subscribers before the NFL draft, before Richmond NASCAR race. Uh, if you help us get there, we're going to do some type of giveaway for you across both the NFL and NASCAR and PGA scene. So uh, thank you for liking, commenting, chatting, subscribing. And uh, as Hoove kind of mentioned earlier in his intro that it was kind of a big week for us, man. Like we continue to set record high numbers here on the channel. 
over on the website. Like it's been crazy to the point where we got more clicks today on our website, Eric, than we got all of February, 2023. So it's just, it's just to see that amount of support, man, it's overwhelming. And it's like, damn, we've been doing this a while. So it's kind of fucking sweet too. I love yeah. You it's, guys. it's, it's killer to, to see it all come together. Right. And like, I, I know that we've said this in a, in a variety of different ways, but first and foremost, like it is all about this community of people that ride yes. with the IBT family, but also like for all the creators out there that feel like you're just kind of grinding away or shouting into the void, yeah. like those repetitions, that volume, that experience, like it will reach a tipping point where you really start to see that exponential growth. Right. Yeah. Great, great way to put it there. And uh, yeah, absolutely jazz for what we have going on here in 2024. We have draft night out around the corner as well coming in August. So if you want to see our smiling faces in person, putting back a couple cocktails, putting back a couple beers, draft some fantasy football teams, come hang out, draft night out. You can find all the tickets on the in-between media website as well. And uh, hey, looks like we got Joey Wright in the chat. Good to see you, Joey. Excited to have you hop on the program later today as well. Um, guys, let's go ahead and jump in it though. Let's get in some rave rookie reviews, talk a little combine, and then some Oscars betting. The NFL Combine presented by Noble gets underway on February 29th. We have the, the Thursday slate kicking off with the defensive linemen and linebackers. Friday, get some of those DBs and some tight ends. Uh, Brock Bowers, anyone there on Friday afternoon at 3 p.m. And then Saturday, this is the big salami for us, folks quarterbacks wide receivers running backs all the skilled players they're going to be out there saturday starting at 1 p.m eastern time and then the offensive line the big boys on sunday at one so i love the combine because it really is the first point where i think as analysts we can really pull some of our conclusions and say hey i, I think this guy's going to rise up the board or fall down the board we can take advantage on some of our different drafting platforms like underdog fantasy um i'm drafting some rookies right now so I, I want to put out to the IBT family who are some guys who could be values right now that might not be in two weeks from now and who are some guys you're maybe drafting too high. And that same goes for those dynasty rookie drafts. So we're going to give you all that tonight. Um, looks like we got Jamie in the chat saying, did someone say beer? Yeah, someone said some beer. It's yeah. some good beer over there. No bush lights though. There were no bush lights last year. So I'm going to try to talk to management, see if we can get a special keg delivery and of some lattes for the IBT fam. Then we got Rachel. What's Rachel. up? Hey, fam. I think Rachel's going on like a, a vacation next week or something. I, I don't know if it started yep. quite yet, but Rachel, if your vacation did start, congrats. I uh, hope you enjoy it. I think she's going to be on a beach next week, so she's going to be uh, hopefully sipping a couple beers down there as well. Um, but let's talk about the quarterbacks here. We're not sure 100% as of now what quarterbacks are going to throw at the NFL Combine, which are not. However, we do know which ones have been invited, and it is your general slate of quarterbacks here, Caleb Williams, Drake May, uh, and then kind of this next tier uh, after them. There's Jaden Daniels who's kind of right in that, that 1B tier perhaps, and then Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix, and I think we all have different opinions on where we see these quarterbacks shaking out after things fall. So, Hoove, who is uh, one of your quarterbacks, risers or fallers potentially after the NFL Combine? All right, QB1's watch list. No, I got my opinions on all these quarterbacks. Don't get me wrong, but there's there's two things I know it's going to be it's going to be sound wonky, but it will make sense in the end, all right? I think that Bo Nix could be really successful in the NFL, but I think that he out of all these prospects, I am not a fan. But I think that out of all the people, he has he's the, has the most to gain right now is that He's looked so bad at the Senior Bowl, and he's lost so much stock that Michael Penix has cemented himself over him. J.J. McCarthy cemented himself over him. Uh, Jaden Daniels, you know, Drake May, Caleb Williams. So, honestly, to me, he's at that third-round tier. Like, and there's people that are putting him in the first round. Like, I see the talent. I, don't, I, I understand why they think that he'll go there because there's such a need, but teams aren't going to draft Bo Nix with, with what he's shown at this point. 
uh in the first round when there's so many other like players so i have like a third round grade on him but i think that he could get pushed up to like a second round doubtful he makes it into the first but very there's a chance my comp for him is jalen hurts so like if he can fall in the same situation kind of like jalen hurts where he was in the second round he goes to a team that there's a veteran quarterback that has injury history and he can step in that's where i think bonex could be really successful in the nfl but he has the most to gain right now, so I want to see if he can do it. And he 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 knows how to use his legs. That's what I really like about Bo Nix. Mm-hmm. So if he can show that and he can show that he has an arm, he has the arm talent that's up there with Penix and, and the rest of them, then I think that Nix can definitely go in the second round. Eric, as it stands right now, we're seeing Bo Nix really go anywhere in Dynasty rookie Superflex drafts from the back end of the first into the mid-second where are you comfortable taking him right now? And do you expect that to change over the next few weeks? Yeah, it's it's absolutely going to change, right? Because where he is drafted is going to inform um, how much draft capital a, a, a team has invested in him and in turn what his immediate term opportunity is. Um, you know, in, in the Superflex context, I absolutely love the idea of acquiring him for a late first or early second, right? I think he's going to be oh, okay. one of these guys where we've got the big three quarterbacks off the board. We've got Maserati Marv and probably probably like two or three more wide receivers. Mm. Maybe Brock Bowers being plucked. And then you're looking at um, at this kind of second tier of quarterbacks between like the 108 and 112. Okay. And who's some, another quarterback you're potentially thinking could rise or fall out here in Indianapolis over the next week? Yeah, one of the uh, one of the guys really been getting uh, steamed up a little bit over the course of the offseason. Uh, an IBT favorite, JJ McCarthy. I've actually got as a bit of a faller. I think this is this is more to do with just kind of the the market reaction, right? Like I'm seeing him pushed into like the middle of the first round. In some cases, like pick like 13 or 14, mm-hmm. and I, I just I don't I don't think that there's a, a defendable case for that, right? Like. McCarthy, there's there's a lot to like about his arm and about his throwing motion. Um, you know his his ability to to make a, a number of uh, complex throws in in and out of structure, right? But you know, looking over the course of his career, like there there are some problematic things to his game, right? Like he 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 doesn't have the best proc- pocket presence in the world. I, I don't really like his field vision all that well. He kind of like he finds uh, contact or finds pressure somewhat like inexplicably um so like there there are just like some general question marks about how quickly he will adapt to the nfl game right like these things are the things that are that are really exasperated when you talk about the speed of the next level and just these type of players these guys that you know have flashed ceilings of very good but not quite great like these aren't players that are typically going in the first round certainly not early in the first round like I don't think the the comp is is fair, but like you think about Kenny Pickett from a few years ago, you know he managed to go twenty, which obviously would be a bit of a of a fall for JJ McCarthy based on where he's being yeah. being mocked right now. But also like you know, there 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 are scouts and teams that had him you know falling into the third round. I just I think like these kind of like you know above average replacement level quarterback type of prospects are typically like round two, round three type of guys. And I, I think that the McCarthy love is probably just getting pushed a little bit too high. So you're thinking it'll come back down to reality perhaps here after Indy. What happens though if he goes out and runs a crazy four, like a four, 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 you know, 40. And I think that could potentially push him back up a little bit. So I, I think I have a little more, more hope for him. And I think the thing I, I'm hoping for with McCarthy here and, uh, who I know you've kind of been on, on this bandwagon as well is I think he's a better quarterback than Jimmy let him be. You know, I, I think Jim Harbaugh, that's not the kind of team he, he's ever wanted to run what, where it was quarterback centric. So I'm thinking maybe he shows up in Indy. Um, it, I think the biggest thing for him is what he's, what is he going to do in these interviews, Eric? I, I think that's maybe one, one of the big questions as well. So um, who I, I think you're on, on with me that, that you like JJ and, but do you think he can rise here or do you think he actually falls after Indy as well? I think he rises. I'm honestly a little worried because I think that JJ McCarthy is going to go out there and he's going to show that he could go at eight. I think, I don't think he goes any higher. I don't think the Titans are willing to pull the plug. I don't think the giants are willing to pull the plug, but I think that the Falcons, 
if he goes out there and balls, you're going to really have to ask yourself, like, should I get J.J. McCarthy at eight or should I give a second for Justin Fields? So J.J. McCarthy, okay, here's, here's my Justin thing. Fields. All right, here's <laughs> my thing. <laughs> here's my thing, okay? My comp for J.J. McCarthy is basically Brock, Brock Purdy, is that he's a general manager that just makes his team better, and he makes his team right. better, and his team was the best team in – in college football. Does that person show up in Indy though? Is that someone who everyone, cause last year, you know, we have Anthony Richardson doing backflips and running crazy four four forties. Like, I don't know if JJ just, so I, I don't I think, think he has to, I don't think he has well, to, is that like, look at, look so he'd at, be a stayer then is what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. I'll kind of, I'll kind of stay. Oh yeah. I'll, I like stay because I like the fit so much is that my vision for him is that him, him being like Brock Purdy, and who's Brock Purdy? Drew Brees light. And who was who Drew Brees with how many years? Sean Payton. So it's perfect for JJ McCarthy to pair up with Sean Payton with the Broncos at 11. So I'm staying. I, if, okay. if anything, that, I'm rising. That's, that's kind of my, my broader point here, right? Like all of these things going right for JJ McCarthy is kind of baked into his like 8 to 12 draft capital right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you mentioned the Brock Purdy comp. Guys like Brock Purdy and Ergo like JJ yeah. McCarthy are typically taken with like the last pick of the of the draft or like maybe around before that, right? So like yeah. to say that he's you know he's gonna get steamed up to yeah. eight overall, like I mean he he can do it, right? Like I, I think he's got the he's got the you know the the ability to reach back and get there, he's but got like the moxie. everything has to go perfect in in order yeah. for for that for that to happen, and and that's that's not always the case in in Indy. Great point. Uh, we got Jamie saying that he actually likes Daniels in that first tier with Caleb and May. Same. I'm a little lower than consensus. So I kind of have him in like a one B myself, like like right before these other guys. But um, I, I feel you on that, Jamie. I think there's a lot of people like Eric who are with, with you there in that first year. Royal in the chat, Royal. the 19th. Oh, what's up, Royal? So good to see you tonight, man. Thanks for tuning in. Um, all right, I want to talk about a quarterback that I think is going to fall here in Indianapolis next week, and I think it's kind of consensus. I don't think I'll get a lot of fight from you guys. Michael Penix Jr. Um, and I think that's just everyone with an injury history who comes to the combine, they're going to get dinged. This guy has multiple ACL tears, left-handed thrower, kind of a slower motion thrower as well. I think that's going to show up in Indianapolis a little bit. Uh, and I think he's really going to need to impress in some of these interviews. He's a wicked smart kid, so potentially he can, but he's still going to be 24 in may like that's just eight months younger than trevor lawrence brock purdy like he's kind of almost their age has not seen an nfl field yet i'm hands off in rookie dynasty drafts right now with michael Penix jr i think he's right now you know late first potentially a, a mid second round pick in those super flex formats i think he's gonna fall further if he falls in the draft a little bit because i think he will fall today too um so right now I, i'm hands off there but i am pounding the uh, more than for his uh, NFL prop totals, if I can get them, I, I think whatever the line set at right now, it, it, he's going to exceed that and go go later. So, uh, your guys' thought on, on Michael Penix Jr. here, Eric? I, I think it's about right. Like the injury, the injury history is is going to slow him down. The age is going to slow him down to an extent. For me, like where he's being mocked feels pretty defendable, right? Like you see him between like. 30 and 40 give or take i i could absolutely see that happening right but like when we talk about the combine in particular you mentioned the interview earlier with jj mccarthy where i do think that he can help bolster his case but the other thing that always comes out of there is there's always there's always some weird stuff popping up on on kids medicals right and if if that's going to happen to anyone a guy that has a injury history that long um you know that that's something that could absolutely tank his his draft stock so we'll have to see how uh how how fast his knee twitches whenever they whenever they hit it with that little mallet, right? Yeah, absolutely. Jamie's saying that he's uh, he's been doing some mocks. He's been seeing Penix go in the third. That's interesting. I haven't seen him go that far. I have seen him go into that late two eight two nine range, um, Jamie. But I've seen him go all the way in the first round as well. Um, but I, I think it probably just depends on what platform you're using right now, and if you are doing some AIs or if uh, they they are industry folks. So I'd, I'd love to know about that. Um, let's go ahead. Let's talk about the running back position here, though. Um, who, who is a running back that you think could potentially rise or fall here as we head to the combine? There's only one running back I'm going to toot my horn for this whole offseason, and that is my boy. I'm a homer. 
And that is my boy, Braylon Allen. All right. I believe, I believe in Braylon Allen. And I'm tired of seeing some hate on him because he's Oh, the there. internet's loud on Braylon Allen. They're they don't so like loud ready. on Braylon Allen. And it's and it's kind of, it's getting under my skin a little bit. Just because when a player goes out there and, yes, I understand. You should watch the tape and you should watch the tape. And, like, you should, you should like, if you're, if you don't watch it throughout the year, you should go back and do as much research as possible. But you also have to feed into the storylines. And Braylon Allen was playing was playing dinged up this season, so you're watching him play through a lot of injuries. And I promise you, Braylon Allen was is running the same offense, the same system, basically. I mean, things are a little differently now with the new head coaching regime, but in a sense, it's pretty much just really run dominant, and he's handling it just like Jonathan Taylor, just like those run, Badger running backs that came before him. The Big Ten is a run heavy like division. So you should always want to invest in running backs that are da- like good in those divisions. So especially when it's him, like that he doesn't have as much mileage as as JT had. Like JT, look at how many years and how how great he was. He was a future RB one. So Braylon Allen is definitely worth the investment, at least where you're getting him, because there's so many talented wide receivers that you could definitely grab Braylon Allen. I think we kind of like tooted our our horn a little bit too high on him by putting him in the 107 range back then but definitely oh you got buried on the you got buried on youtube for that buddy the people in the comments said they were they're not fans of that take they'll come back they'll come back on that but i mean right now for for market value we're like at 201 if you wanted to grab braylon allen that's a that's a smash pick that's a smash pick we'll we'll fade back a little bit but we'll look back and realize that braylon allen with the rest of this running back market that yeah you probably could have drafted him at 107 it would have been worth it so We'll see who's the last man laughing. I love that one. I love Braylon Allen, and I'm definitely as high on him, I think, as you are. But I will say, I don't know what he does great. You know, his one athletic trait that's going to stick out at the combine. I, I think he'll be an overall like gem, and I think people will see that. But he's not a straight line speed guy. Uh, he's not necessarily a a pure strength guy either. So I am curious. I don't know if he rises for me. I think he's kind of another stayer. I, I don't think there's a huge value shift for him. Um, Eric, who's a running back that you think maybe has a, a value shift and any thoughts on, on Braylon Allen and, uh, the people who are absolutely murdering who in these YouTube comments, if you haven't seen them, if you, ha- if you haven't go back and, and watch that episode or that, that clip, he just, Man. it was hilarious. Just, just in general, like living for the comment section is, <laughs> is one of the simple joys in life that I, that I always, always make a, a point to, to indulge in. And I, I think the, the broader point about Allen is, is kind of true of, the entirety of the running back class this year, right? Like, I don't think anybody really knows, um, you know, who they who they feel strongly about and who's yeah. going to separate themselves. And in turn, like, it's brought the whole market down a degree, right? So, like, you know, we we see these guys get out there in Indy and you know really start to make a case and show showcase what it is that they can do. And I, I think you'll see a lot of movement both up and down with running backs in particular. I think Allen is someone that can definitely help his case, much like the player that. Um, that I highlighted here, Marshawn Lloyd, the uh, the running back out of USC, um, you know, partially because of his market. Like I'm seeing him go in like the triple digit pick range, right? Like deep into day three um, and someone that I, I think can definitely help his draft stock. He he absolutely shines as a single cut runner. He's got great start stop ability. There are plenty of games last year where he's making people just look silly with his jump cut. And these are things that like, scouts and coaches you know tend to kind of fall in love with he's shown good decision making you know good vision um you know he's he's not the he's not the fastest straight line runner but like the way that the way that he accelerates is is very very applicable to the nfl game there there are some questions around him right like they didn't ask him to do much as a receiver they didn't ask him to do a whole lot of pass pro those are typically things that we see rookie running backs have to get over a learning curve with but those are also areas where he showed some improvement. He showed some ability to be coached in that regard in his stint at the senior bowl. So a guy in Lloyd that is essentially almost like a throw-in type of consideration. I think if he carries forward the momentum from Mobile into Indianapolis, we could see him getting, you know, into that like pick 60, pick 70 kind of range. Jamie saying in the chat that he loves Marshawn Lloyd. He he's has him as RB four yeah, from this rookie class, getting me in the third round mocks. Yeah, I've been get I've been getting Lloyd there as well, and I have been loving it. Um, 
I've also been getting this other player that, that I've kind of fallen in love with, Dylan Lobby from New Hampshire. This guy, I think, is going to be a riser here in Indianapolis, moving up the draft boards already after a pretty electric week out at the Senior Bowl. And not only can this guy have a little bit of a juice, probably run about a 4-4. Um, I don't know if he'll get quite at a 4-4 flat, but definitely going to be in that 4-4 range. He's also a really smart player. Uh, I think he'll do good in some of those like blast read drills and the off-tackle reaction drills. And... I think he's another character player that teams who value character very highly will be targeting. He was the first guy in, the last guy out at every senior bowl practice. That'll go great with the teams. And he's an athletic freak that I think these coaches are going to fall in love with. These scouts are going to fall in love with here in Indianapolis. Can he get himself into day two? That's going to be the question mark. I'm not sure if he can. Um, that's what he's going to be trying to do, I think, here uh, in Indianapolis as well. I'm taking him in all my rookie drafts, late third-round picks right now. Um, and also, you can get him super late in your underdogs right now if you're doing any uh, best balls. Um, quickly, before we uh, pivot away and get to some Oscars bets, guys, let's uh, talk any wide receivers or pass catchers we haven't brought up yet to this point. Eric, who is someone you like as a pass catcher um, that you can highlight that might be a faller or a riser here in Indianapolis. Yeah, I've got another riser here, and that is Xavier Leggett out of South Carolina, um, 6'3", like 230 yeah. pounds. He's, he's going to be one of these like crazy size, speed type of prospects and athletes uh, during his drills in Indianapolis. And kind of like we talked about with the running back, like those are the things that really pop and and catch – catch scouts and head coaches uh, attention in, in Indy. So I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, there's, there's rumor out there that he's run like a sub four, three forty at a pro day before. If he goes out there and does anything like that, even, I mean, even you know, four, four flat at that size, I, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are interested in him. And again, like the market on, on him is, is a little bit depressed, right? Like he's, he's not getting this, you know, kind of second round capital that I think if he shows out in Indianapolis, he can move up into. Well, I think what he was maybe getting some of that capital, Eric, and then he shows up in mobile and his he's two inches shorter than he was listed at North Car or uh, at South Carolina there. So I think that kind of put a damper in it. So you are realistically right that he should probably only be able to go up from here. But we see it all the time with guys like fucking Traylon Burks who don't show up here. And then these supposed of athletic freaks kind <laughs> of go down. Asthma. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, Hoove, round us out here with uh, a pass catcher you think e either rises or falls, whether that's a receiver or a tight end. Well, my riser at wide receiver, I got Jalen Polk. And if we're going to talk about Michael Penix Jr. earlier, and we're going to give Romo Dunze all the credit in the world in my mock draft, I, I talked about him very highly. But we got to talk about the guy on the other side of the ball. Because Jalen Polk is a dog. And if you were just watching his tape, you can't not watch his tape and not tell me that that's the Rishi Rice of this draft. He just knows how to get open. He is so he is so good at route running. Like, I, I love this guy. I think that he is going to be someone that I can, if I can grab him in the third round in every draft, I will take. I think people are going to love this guy at the draft. He is going to shoot up boards so fast. Once people start realizing that Penix was kind of who he was based off of Odunze and Polk, boom, through the roof. Draft Polk. Okay. All right. I love the conviction there. Um, I'll just touch on a tight end, and then we'll get over to some, some betting here. Um, Cade Stover from Ohio State right now. Cade Stover is kind of the hot name for the tight end three in this rookie class. I'm not buying it, especially here heading to Indy. I think he's going to fall down the board a little bit. He doesn't have that one elite athletic trait that helps him stick out. He's just not a combine guy. He's a great player, kind of like a Jake Ferguson, though. You know what I mean? I think realistically, he's a solid player. Dalton Schultz type um, potentially is a ceiling, but uh, I think he'll fall down a little bit because he's not an athletic player. While Meanwhile, we're going to see guys like Jaheim Bell, who's a versatile H-back type tight end who can do a lot of things, rise up the board. A.J. Barner out of Michigan has a little more straight line speed, so I'm expecting that as well. Um, but yeah, we'll touch more on some more rookies later this off season. So make sure you guys are uh, following along with us for that. Um, I can't get down with Stover. I really can't. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamie's saying isn't Stover more of a blocking tight end, more of a kind mm-hmm. of a jack of all. You know, he, he did see a career high in receptions this past year, Jamie, but um, definitely more of a just a traditional inline blocking tight end. But teams like that, you know, we saw Brenton Strange last year from Penn State get taken in the second round because of his blocking capabilities, which he did not show as a rookie. Um, but look, guys, let's go ahead. Let's shift gears up here and rave rookie reviews. I want to bring in a good friend of the show. He's the community ambassador of football, guys. One of the faces of Front Yard Fantasy. Please help us welcome in the one, the only, the Joey Wright. Joey, thank you so much for joining us, man. How are you? You've looked busy on the internet. Yeah, no, 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 I have. Um, I just got back from Vegas from FSGA. Yes. And um, get home. And I go to pick up my daughter today. Excited to see her. And she's like, Daddy, uh, tonight's the sweetheart dance. And I'm like, Go home. Let's change. Grandma's coming to pick up your sister. Oh. Um, I literally came from the sweetheart dance. Was dancing it up Ooh. with my daughter. Oh. Had a great time. Oh, Thank so, you so um, much, but man. I am ready to talk about some Oscars. Like I, we've heard me talk about football a lot, but yeah. yeah, these movies behind me, they're there for a reason. I I, I love me some movies. So a- absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for making time with us tonight uh, after your absolutely. daddy daughter dance. And uh, how was Vegas? Because I heard on the internet as well. You might have been getting hit on by some cougars at some blackjack tables. What's going on out there? Yeah, really? yeah, you got to watch out for the cougars at the blackjack tables um, <laughs> at the Luxor Casino. I'll just say that. Um, no, I mean like FSGA Conference, Fantasy Sports and Gambling Association. Um, get to meet a lot of the the you know the big people up there. Uh, a lot of business deals, a lot of handshaking, kissing yeah. babies. Uh, just a nice, fun conference. Um, got to actually meet one of my uh, people that I look up to most in the industry, Heath Cummings from CBS. Got yes. to spend a lot of time with Heath. Uh, so it was a really, really great conference. So yeah, F- fantastic, man, fantastic. Well, glad mm-hmm. to have you back here on the show. Ooh. And Joey, can you explain a little bit more about your background as a movie fan and kind of put in perspective what the Oscars mean for the fans and just the nominees themselves? Yeah, so I grew up around movies my whole life. My grandfather, at a young age, was taking me to see movies. Uh, you know, we'd go to the video rental store. So I was always a fan of movies. Uh, when I was a, let's see, a senior in high school, I got a job as a projectionist at a movie theater. And I think that's when my love of like film began, where okay. I was actually assembling the film, um, screening them. Uh, that led me down different avenues, going to see a lot of more independent film. Um, from that, I got a writing job as a film critic, having a website for a while, um, done some film festivals. I, you know, and we meet a lot of these film critics and they're kind of pretentious and they're kind of jerks. Sometimes it can be a little bit of that. We try not to be, but for the most part, I am just a massive movie fan and I just really try to look, take everything at face value. Um, So you see the Oscars come up, you see all these different awards. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Oscars is kind of like the Super Bowl of movie award shows. Okay. And for me, the Oscars really, I mean, awards are awards, but career recognition is something that anybody um, thrives on and craves in any type of industry they're in. And that's what the Oscars are. I mean, it's just, it's just accolades for people that have worked their butts off in different fields. Okay, absolutely. That, that makes a ton of sense. And the Academy Awards this year, they are going to be on March 10th at the Dolby Theater in LA, live at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on ABC. Aaron Rodgers' best friend, Jimmy Kimmel, he'll host uh, this season's Oscars. And Joey, I don't know if you do much entertainment betting, but it's only legal in a handful of states so far. New Jersey, Indiana, Colorado, Michigan. Colorado just gets everything. God damn. Michigan, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Kansas, Arizona. Arizona gets everything too. Um, Do you do a lot of entertainment betting? Obviously, I know you're in Florida, so you're kind of fucked a little bit, but... Yeah. If you were not in Florida, would you enjoy doing something like this? Oh, absolutely. And who's to say I don't have a bookie there in Colorado? I got a lot of friends that live in Colorado. There you go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Florida just got legal sports gambling. So the first step is is underway. Uh, so hopefully get some of the entertainment sports game or entertainment gambling here soon too. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Let's go ahead. Let's start. Let's go uh, nominee or what is it? Category? Category by category. Yeah, category. Yeah, let's break it down here. Kyle, if you want to pull, pull up the nominees for the best actress, uh, we got Emma Stone from Poor Things. She's the heavy favorite, minus 150. Mm-hmm. Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon, plus 120. Uh, a close second there. And then we got some long shots. Sandra Haller, Anatomy of Fall. Carrie Mulligan, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Maestro. Maestro. Maestro, yeah. Maestro. And then mm-hmm. Annette Benning. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to. Yeah, Nyad. Okay, so uh-huh. 
give us the, the lay down here, Joey. What are we looking at here from a betting perspective and from a movie perspective? So all year long, it's been a two horse race. Maybe we shouldn't call them horses. That feels a little wrong to be calling the actresses horses. Um, it's been Emma Stone and Lily Gladstone. Okay. If I were giving out the Academy Award, um, listen, I love Poor Things, one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, but what Lily Gladstone did in Kellers of the Flower Moon, like being on screen with Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro and stealing every scene she's in away from them. Oh, wow. That for okay. me is a high degree of difficulty. Now, what Emma Stone does, and it's hard to speak about what she does in Poor Things without giving too much away, is awesome, reckless. I think it's really between those two. If you're looking for a long shot because you're just trying to win a lot of money on this, there's only uh, there are two actresses that are in two films that are nominated for Best Picture this year. Only one of them is nominated for Best Actress. That's Sandra Holler for Anatomy of Fall. She's also in the zone of interest. Um, about four years ago, she kind of got overlooked uh, for one of her early films. And a lot of people have been kind of looking for her payback Oscar to get her. She is fantastic in Anatomy of Fall. I think if you're looking for a big upset, you could see her win. But I still think it's probably going to be Emma Stone. She's fantastic in the movie. She's been winning all the Guild Awards as well. So it okay. does look like it's going to go to Emma Stone. Hoop, how do you feel about that? Emma Stone, I mean, this is a gal. We've seen her do everything from Easy A to Super Bad. Like, it, she's on the come up, man. This chick doesn't stop. That's just one thing I've realized, like, about actresses that, like, once they get kind of put in that comedy stigma, it's so hard for them to break out. But once they do, and they can really kind of just, like, show their character, like, I, everyone knows that Emma Stone's a, a talented actress. And I'm just glad that she's finally, like, allowed to, like, showcase that. And it's not with Andrew Garfield and Spider Man. Too, oh, know? that was a banger, though. That was a banger. Let's be real. Let's be uh, Eric, your thoughts on Emma Stone here. And I do like La La Land. I will shout out that movie. That is, I think, a really good. Yeah. I, did she win awards for that, Joey? She did win. That's when she won her first Academy Award for Best that's Actress. That, that's the start. OK, that's start. Eric, mm -hmm. your thoughts on Emma Stone. Have you seen any of these movies we're chatting about? Uh, I've seen a couple of them. Uh, I'm, I, I tend to agree with with Joey. Like what what Lily Gladstone did in Killers of the Flower Moon was insane. Like that entire universe orbited around her energy for that film. Um, and so, I mean, her her performance therein was was incredible. I also uh, kind of accidentally stumbled into Anatomy of a Fall, um, which I which I really in, enjoyed as a film. Um, Sandra Huller was was perfect at walking that line between uh, accident or uh, or otherwise yeah. and and really Ooh. really kept that that story alive in what was like a very dialogue heavy and dialogue in a foreign language heavy film to to be able to to carry that kind of burden is super impressive for her love it love it uh we got jamie here in the chat being a little bit of a dog saying i guess my next vacation is to the blackjack yeah. table at the luxor uh, <laughs> there you go i Joe didn't know it's jamie with zach wilson <laughs> Oh, what's your all-time favorite movie, Joey? Oh, my also I get that question a lot. Um yeah, the movie I go back to is like my comfort movie. My favorite movie is Almost Famous. Um mm -hmm. it kind of launched me in a different direction in life. Uh to actually go down a kind of a path of music, doing some musical promotions. Um, and it's a film I just absolutely love. Every time I watch it, great screenplay, great performances, and catching people at really interesting moments in their career. You look at yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman as lesser bangs in that movie. Just unbelievable. So many great performances and a uh, great screenplay. Yeah. So I love uh, Almost Famous. It's my favorite movie. Okay. I hope Katie is. I think this jacket is actually from the, the set Ooh. of Almost Famous. I'm not really? sure. Really? Really? Oh. It's, just, oh, it's just really old looking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hope Katie's taking some uh, notes in the chat because I would like to check that one out. Uh, we got mm -hmm. uh, Rachel in the chat saying Joey Wright is here. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's talk best actor then. Let's shift gears here. Mm -hmm. And Cillian Murphy, no doubt about it, the favorite here. Oppenheimer, the, the grand salami of, of a movie this season. Uh, and then Paul Giamatti, The Holdovers, uh, plus mm -hmm. 175. Bradley Cooper, Maestro, uh, 10 to 1 there. You're getting 28 to 1 on American Fiction star Jeffrey Wright. And then Coleman Domingo in Rustin. Rustin? Rustin? Mm -hmm. Rustin. Rustin mm -hmm. forty to one. Uh, Joey, break down this category. Who do you think wins it, and how were these films? So, I think from here on out, it's going to get a little repetitive of what's going to be winning some awards. Although I will say, the Paul Giamatti holdovers nomination that was at plus four hundred about a month ago. Okay, that line's moving closer and closer. 
about, was it 2003 when Sideways came out, the Academy kind of made a big mistake by not nominating Paul Giamatti. It's been one of, if you listen to Oscar prognosticators, it's one they keep going back to. Like, oh, Giamatti should have been nominated for Sideways that year. This yeah. could be the year they pay him back. Now, they did get him a Best Supporting Actor uh, Academy Award for was Cinderella Man in 2006. I, I think if anyone's going to upset Murphy, it's going to be Giamatti. But, I mean, maybe this is the point we talk about Oppenheimer. Um, I am not the biggest Christopher Nolan fan. I do. I own all okay. his films. I like him quite a bit. I'm just not a massive fanboy over him. If you look at the, my top shelf, that's where my directors I like the most are. Nolan's alphabetized down down low where, oh. with the rest of them. So it, it's not really a shade at Nolan. But I will say what he did with Oppenheimer across the board checks every box. It's an incredible, incredible film. It, it deserves every award it's getting. And Murphy is a huge part of why it's so great. Awesome. Awesome. Jamie's saying Cinderella Man is one of his favorites. I, I agree. I love Cinderella Man. How about Big Fat Liar for Paul Giamatti? I mean, that was That's an absolute... <laughs> that was an absolute banger. Uh, Hoop, that was your and I's childhood, man. Big Fat Liar, Frankie Muniz, Amanda Bynes. How, how about mm-hmm. that crew? I thought Paul Giamatti was one of the Blue Men group for the longest time, honestly, <laughs> after that movie. After he died himself in that pool, like I thought about that. And honestly, too, like I always I always confuse that movie with Agent Cody Banks. Oh, fair, fair enough. Frankie that came out around the same time. Like I always confuse those two movies, but that's a that's a good throwback. I'm glad you threw that in there. But pretty much like I, Joey, you took the words right out of my mouth. Like I feel like they're waiting for the opportunity to give Paul Giamatti the like the Oscar. And obviously, you're just you're hearing everything about Oppenheimer. Maybe as a big Barbie fan, I could go out and say that Barbie pretty much took all the wind out of opening opening weekend in a sense. I feel like Barbie kind of took it away, but. It, it's I understand why the lines get moving closer, but you know deep down that Cillian Murphy's probably the smart bet. Yeah. Eric is plus one seventy five enough for you to get behind the a uh, little bit longer shot of Paul Giamatti. Well, especially with the insider information that that line is moving so significantly, right? Yes. Like if sports betting has taught us anything, those lines move for a reason, right? So um, you know, picking up on those trends is not a bad strategy. Our guy Dan Kotnick, he put out a uh, an article on the website. He made his best bets for the Oscars. He went with Paul as well. So uh, a little bit of sneaky value there. Let's move to best director here. Um, Eric, I'll let you introduce the nominees, man. I, I think you'll do a better job of not butchering some of these names. Will I? As you have uh, some of the most difficult names on the entire list. Uh, we've already talked about Christopher Nolan and Oppenheimer. Obviously, Martin Scorsese's film, Killer of the Flower Moon. Uh, Oppenheimer, I should say, is the favorite at minus 3,500, whereas Scorsese is uh, next up in line at plus 1,400. Uh, Yorgos Four Things, Lanthimos, mm-hmm. plus 1,400. Uh, Justine Triette, The Anatomy of a Fall, uh, the aforementioned Anatomy of a Fall, right there at plus 1,600. And in closing us out, Jonathan Glazer with the zone of interest, the longest odds at plus 2,500. Is Jonathan Glazer related to Jay Glazer, Joey? Do you know that? That's what uh, no, relation. For, right? no relation. No <laughs> relation. <laughs> I love some Jay Glazer. Here's, so the, thing. Was... Here's the thing. We're not related at all. And then Jay Glazer, I just wanted to pop in. <laughs> I, I would like to see Jay Glazer's version of the zone of interest. I bet it would be a vastly, vastly different movie. <laughs> Well, what the hell is the zone AI of interest that. or oh. the anatomy of fall? What, what are those movies? What, so what I'll, I'll, zone of interest is a Holocaust film. Like I've never seen before. Oh. It's basically what's on the other side of Auschwitz. It's a film about the family um, that's running Auschwitz. Basically the husband is the main person that's running Auschwitz. Um, and the whole family that's living a very normal life on the other side of that wall Uh it's a very, wow. you never go inside the concentration camp. You never see it. But as the movie's going, you see black smoke going up in the background. Wow. You hear guns firing. It's very chilling. Um, I've never seen a Holocaust movie made this way. Easily one of the best films of the year. I will never see it again. Um, I It's a piece of art and I appreciated mm-hmm. it in the moment I saw mm-hmm. it. Um, I didn't stop thinking about it for like five days. And I don't know if I want to feel that again. It was it's a very, yeah. very heavy movie. Zone of it, I mean, um, Anatomy of Fall is a little more lightweight. Um, okay. It's kind of a whodunit in the greatest way because you are truly wondering who did it even after the movie's over. 
uh, husband has a fall or is he murdered from a uh, from a balcony and only a son and a dog and a wife know what may have happened. And wow. the son is blind. Um, and what's really great about Anatomy of Falls, it's this is really good who done it. But you get to go inside of a French courtroom. And let me tell you, very different than an American courtroom. Okay. So okay. elegant. Uh, so and, elegant. And it's kind of snarky. <laughs> um, I was laughing out loud in the theater. I was glad that I was alone in the theater when I saw yeah. it. Um, v- very like darkly funny, but just a really, really beautiful movie and really well written. Like, I would love to see it win one of the screen. I think it's for best original screenplay. Okay. I would love to see it win a screenplay because it's, it's just so well written. And now- shout out, shout out Messi, the border collie that played Snoop in that movie, like, totally should have gotten a nod, bit of a snub with, with <laughs> yeah. Messi. They had him on the red carpet, uh, doing some stuff with uh, it was Vanity Fair pretty nice i love when they bring the dogs in that's great love very dogs. cool very cool now with that being said joey do any of these other movies the anatomy of fall the zone of interest do they have the ability to potentially pull an upset win with their director over christopher nolan and oppenheimer no this is the nolan award this year and and you know what he deserves it like i said oppenheimer checks all the boxes mm-hmm. uh, there there's a lot of the academy is becoming more and more european which i love to see um i think yorgos lanthimos is going to get uh, an award one day for best director he's put some really they put the favorite out a few years ago um you know poor things this year the lobster ki- killing of a sacred deer some really beloved films with like film snobs like myself that i said okay. i'm not one of uh, yeah so i think he'll get recognized one day the only thing i could see if if nolan doesn't win is if they're like you know what let's give marty one more you know, they gave it to him for The Departed. And listen, I love The Departed. But if you look at Martin Scorsese's filmography, yeah, it's probably not his best film. Like he probably should have won two other times. Uh, so I but I do think this is the Nolan Award. I just Scorsese be the only one that I could possibly see sneaking it out. Good call there. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go ahead. Let's round it out. Best picture here. We have Oppenheimer, the heavy favorite. Once again, minus 900. The holdovers uh, sneakily comes in at 12 to 1. Poor Things, 12 to 1. Whose favorite movie in the world? Barbie, Perfect. 18 Perfect. to 1. Killers of the Flower Moon, that star-studded cast is at 25 to 1. Good Anatomy man. of Fall, as Joey just broke down, 28 to 1. American Fiction, 40 to 1. Zone of Interest, 50 to 1. Past Lives, 65 to 1. And Maestro, 65 to 1. Joey, can you highlight some of these other movies we haven't t- touched on and, and maybe explain a little bit about why they are nominated here? Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely do that. I also want to talk about how Best Pictures decided after I do that, if that's yeah, cool. Yeah. I have a minute to do I mean, it. Yeah, it's, or, yeah. It's unlike any other awards decided, so it's really interesting. Maestro is the story of Leonard Bernstein. Um, while it's not my favorite film of the year, it has my favorite scene. Um, he's, it's believed at the LA Cathedral, he's conducting a piece of um, classical music that is escaping me at the moment, but it is okay. the most beautiful moment I saw captured on screen this year. So if you got Netflix, go watch that part of Maestro because it's unbelievable. Okay. The rest of it, eh, it's good. Uh, Past Lives is a really um, just kind of quiet love story about two um, people that meet, I believe it's in Korea, as children, and they move away, and they reunite later in life, and the female has moved to America, and she's married now. Um, and just kind of like, what 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 are the lines of love, and what is love at different points in our lives? Really beautiful small film, uh, kind of whatever zone of interest. Uh, American Fiction is uh, a dark comedy about a African-American writer that cannot get a book published. Uh, oh. And so he writes it in a very typical stereotypical African-American voice. Cause that's seems to be what's selling and it becomes mm-hmm. a smash hit. Um, so it's, it's kind of like almost like the producers in a way, if you know, the Mel Brooks movie, the producers, oh, it's great. kind of a, a feel on that a little bit. Uh, what have we not talked about? Killers of the flower moon about the native American tribe, the yes. um, genocide that was going on. Um, Barbie. Listen, this is where we talk about Barbie. Yeah, how wonderful of an experience was Barbie? <laughs> uh, you know, Gosling's getting a lot of talk, but truly, Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig deserve to get nominated this year. And I think that might lean to their favor in the Best Picture. When I talk about how Best Pictures decided, I think it could be the one. If anything's going to upset Oppenheimer, I think we could see Barbie get a Best Picture. Um, poor things. It's kind of a reverse telling of Frankenstein. Uh, I can't say more about it because I don't want to give anything away. Okay. But for me, it's the funniest movie I saw this year. Um, oh, okay. I laughed harder in Poor Things. Now it's it's a little disturbing at moments. And you'll see sides of Emma Stone that you've never seen before. 
But uh, Poor Things, for my money, the funniest movie I saw last year. The Holdovers, that's about a headmaster that uh, gets held behind at Christmas. And he stays with the cook that's on campus and one of the students. And it's kind of like a three-person story. Um, beautiful little story. That's um, really cool. Okay. The, yeah. And then Oppenheimer. You know, we know what Oppenheimer's about. So, yeah, Oppenheimer's the favorite at minus 900. Now, normally, you know, you just think, okay, any awards decided, okay, everybody's who they think is best. Best picture doesn't work that way. It works by preferential balloting. Everyone ranks all 10 nominees 1 to 10. Mm. You have to get 50% of the number one votes to be declared the best picture winner. If you do not get 50% of the number one votes, the movie that got the least amount of number one votes gets chopped out. Then they go down to second place votes until they get a majority. Once they get that majority, that movie is declared best picture winner. This is how you see a movie like Green Book. That's just kind of beloved. It might not be everyone's number one, mm -hmm. but it might be their two or three. Because of the whole discourse with Greta Gerwig not getting nominated, Margot Robbie missing a nomination, Barbie made a ton of movie, a ton of money. I think you, if anything's going to beat Oppenheimer, there might be a surge. Look towards the end here to see if maybe Barbie can pull it out. And I know that's crazy to say. If yeah. I had my money, I'm betting on Oppenheimer. But if you want something that's at plus money right now that could win, <clears throat> I only think Barbie's the only thing that could beat Oppenheimer at this point. The holdovers had its moment about a month ago, and it's kind of mm -hmm. trailing off a little bit. Poor things. I I just don't think Academy is there yet. If I had to give a Best Picture nom uh, Academy Award, it would go to Oppenheimer, but poor things would be my second choice. Barbie put asses in seats, and I think that is a thing we cannot overlook here. So mm -hmm. at 18 to 1, that's great value, Eric. Yeah, it, it really is. And I, I get the sense that it's it's going to be a pretty significant trend center in terms of genre, right? Like, I think we're going to see a ton of uh, toys and video games and things like that spun into movie subject matter here in, in the in the coming years, just based on how much of a, of a smash success it was, right? Like, it was it was always kind of like a, a tongue in cheek release, you know, we'll make a Barbie movie. And literally everyone that I've seen, including myself, has nothing but uh, phenomenal things to say about it. So uh, it really enjoyed the film. As it was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, exactly. I don't. No reason need to be that good. I don't think a movie is going to define a generation the way that Barbie has defined this generation. And I swear, wow. I'm serious. Is that? And I mean that out of my heart. Is that I went to the theater like thinking that the only way that you're going to get this kind of cast to go to a movie because like I don't know if you know the history behind the Barbie movie is that they originally had I think it was was it Amy Schumer. That was originally Barbie. Yeah. So like then she got recasted and they switched the whole oh. concept of the movie. So I'm thinking, okay, if they're going to get all these people to do this like new version, it's got to be absolutely hilarious to get like Ryan Gosling and Will Ferrell and Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig, like, you know, all these people, like talented people involved. It's got to be hilarious. And because I'm the person I love going to those comedy movies in the theaters like Step Brothers and Talladega Nights. And so I'm like, this is going to be that new comedy everyone's going to see. So I went by myself. I didn't even go with my girlfriend. I sat there by myself and I was just blown away because even my coworker now, like it's, he asked questions. He was like, why did they make such a, make it such a big point for Ryan Gosling to sing? And I said, cause you wouldn't ask that question if it was Margot Robbie singing. And he's like, that's a good point. And it makes men ask that question and it makes them kind of understand more where women are coming from. Like, I love Joey's tweet when he was talking about it, because I knew exactly it was coming, is that people were going to hype up Ryan Gosling for being best actor, and they were going to snub Mar Margot Robbie when there was a pink paint shortage because the, the set of Barbie demanded so much pink paint. That's how determined that this production team and direction has put into this movie. And I was just blown away because, like, pretty much with every movie, like, in history, it's either Wizard of Oz or Citizen Kane. And this movie, like, I think this is the new version of Wizard of Oz. Like, no <laughs> movie, shit. Oh, no movie shit. has made you believe in, like, a whole new world that you're connected to. But it's also connected to your own world. Like, Avatar, sure. I guess that's kind of the closest Chronicles thing. Chronicles and Arnia. Chronicles and Arnia a little bit. Let's... I don't know. I think Barbie, I think Barbie is, like, the new, new age Wizard of Oz. And I think I... it de deserves it deserves best picture for sure. I do not think Hoover's far off. I, yeah. I, I'm going to just kind of take a little step to the left of what he's saying. Cause I do agree with like 95% of what he's saying. 
I think Greta Gerwig is the voice of her generation. And I think you just mentioned Chronicles of Narnia. That's what Greta Gerwig is doing next. She is taking IP that we know and we love, and she's kind of just turning it ever so slightly to make it appealing or make it relate to us a lot more. Like, I like the last Chronicles of Narnia movie. That was great. I cannot wait to see what Greta Gerwig does it because she gets so much more of a message, so much more. I don't, I don't know how to even explain what she does. It's incredible mm-hmm. what she can do with just a piece of just IP. It's I'm so excited to see what she does with Narnia. But yeah, with Barbie, like she made a movie that had no business being as good as it was. 100%. And it was funny. It was touching. Like mm-hmm. she made one of the best movies of the year. I still think Oppenheimer's going to win though. Okay. All right. So <laughs> Joey's still taking the juice, uh, the, no. the minus 900 juice there. And then, uh, Hey, if, if you're in a betting legal state for entertainment odds, 18 to one, at least a sprinkle on Barbie, you know, might have a nice little payday for you. Uh, if it does come to fruition, Joey, thank you so much for breaking down those odds, man. And, uh, yeah. you have a little bit of time to stick around for some good news. Yeah. I'll stick around for some good news. All right, let's hit it guys. All right, the good news of the week. We're going to bring you some feel-good headlines from the sports and entertainment world. Sorry about that, Eric. We lost you up top, man. Kyle, welcome to the stage, man. How are we feeling? How's the show been for you so far? show is great as always, boys, and I'm happy to be part of it in any way possible. We appreciate it, man. Um, Kyle, let's go ahead. Let's give you the floor, man. What's what's good in your world? What's good in the, the world out there in DeBerg? All right, so my my headline is a little different than everyone else's, but it's so true. Goodwill has the heat, all right? I have been going thrift shopping recently, and I have been getting some good shit. Let me tell you what. What are we talking? I found, I found a really nice sweater. I found uh, a really nice cardigan that I'm wearing currently, part cashmere. My boys, five dollars. Oh, calling on a budget. It's, it's dude, hit up your thrift stores, hit up your vintage markets, hit up your flea markets. People are getting rid of, of heat right now. So it's spring cleaning. Spring They're cleaning. spring cleaning. That's right. Can I tag on to something Kyle said? Yeah, yeah. The majority of what you see behind you is from Goodwill's thrift markets. Like, oh, just yeah, I I love popping tags on movies. Like, that's where a lot of these come from. I have over 1,200 films, a lot of them came from thrift stores and Goodwill. How many work? Hell yeah, hell yeah. How many still work? How many are not like scratched? Oh, you know what's great is um, Goodwill does um, with the Blu rays, they don't scratch really at all. Um, so I, I do get a lot of the Blu rays from them, but the DVDs, though, they they check them out and they got a good policy, you can take them back if they're. Rip to shreds. Nice. Nice. I got to get a blue. I What is like the difference from Blu-ray right now? Like, like I, I know, like I should have known that a long time ago, but other than the disc being like a little bit different, like w- 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 is it better quality? Like why does everyone love yeah. Blu-ray? It's a sound and picture. So DVD is like a 480p Blu-ray is like 1080 and then 4k is, you know, 4k. A, a DVD is 480. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck. Holy shit. I haven't had a DVD in a while. No doubt. I an HD DVD. <laughs> I buy DVDs. I bought the Super Mario movie when it came out before it like went on like HBO Max. Still great quality. So okay. uh, it wasn't Blu-ray. Just going to point that out there. Okay. All right. I need, I need DVDs for when like the Wi-Fi goes out, you know, randomly. And you need those nights where you just put in a DVD and you cuddle up. I got plenty. I got robots, Shark Tale. Super Mario movie. Why wasn't the Super Mario movie nominated, Joey? What's going on there? And here's the thing. Okay, guys, let me explain something. No. <laughs> you know what's crazy is it's on Mario Day, too, the Academy Awards. Oh. Don't tell me Jack Black's not showing up to sing Peaches. It's happening. It's Mario Day. Jack Black will be there to sing Peaches. Oh, I had a blast at the Mario movie with my kids. It was so much fun. I did as well. Sorry. That was the first thing that got me back to the movie theater in like five years. So thankful mm-hmm. for it. Eric, what's your headline for the week? Uh, my headline is that a group of teachers, co-workers in Kentucky, 
cashed a uh, cashed a million dollar lottery ticket this week. They call themselves wow. the Jones Thirty. It's uh, thirty uh, thirty coworkers from a middle school in Kentucky have been putting in and uh, and buying lottery tickets together since 2019. One of them finally hit. So they uh, because there's 30 of them, they're walking away with with about 30 grand each. So anytime I can find a story that uh, that finds teachers with a little bit of windfall, a little bit of extra love, I'm, I'm totally here for it. But also the story kind of kind of brought me back to a place in time, right? Like I have been and most of us are, are working remotely in today's day and world. And there was a time where like the office pool for Powerball was like a huge communal event, right? You can all mm-hmm. throw your couple bucks in and talk about what you're going to do with the money and how you'll never come back to this place or everyone kind of had wow. their own strategy. So put me in a place in time, but more importantly, teachers getting some love, which I can always get behind. Yeah. Damn. Damn. Joey, did you ever do the, the, the polls with the Powerball? Cause I, I was a little too young, I think to, to be in that crowd. No, no, I never did. You didn't have cool coworkers, is that? But but before football, guys, right? No cool He's coworkers. Yeah, I mean, now I got cool coworkers, but no, <laughs> I never. Yeah, I don't think we ever did that. We had like March Madness pools, but okay, I guess that's okay. that's completely different, though. Yeah, shout out those Kentucky that. teachers, though, man. That's that's yeah. that's awesome. That's good stuff, Joey. What do you have for us for your feel good uh, headline of the week? Yeah, so I like it when my worlds combine, when they collide, you know. And I was checking out the Atlantic, and there was a piece in there. Jodie Foster, Academy Award-winning actress, plays fantasy football. Uh, and I guess Joe Burrow sank her team this last year. Um, oh, kind of cool. You know, they're real people, too. Uh, I like seeing that. Um, I think the quote was, uh, between takes on True Detective, Foster would, wouldn't go back to her trailer, opting instead to pop over to a couch, set and check in on her fantasy football team. This is a passion for her. She spent several minutes enthusiastically explaining her draft picks to me. Her team had been held back persist by persistent injuries the cincinnati Bengals quarterback joe burrow to whom foster remain devoted um so me and jody wow. Foster remaining devoted to uh joe burrow there uh, i just love seeing that i love that man how, how old is jody foster now how old 29 29 29 29 the only answer well, I'm glad to see that she's playing a little fantasy there. I'm sure yeah. Jody Foster is, is a dog at fantasy. So yeah. that's that's good to hear. Um, Hoof, what do you have for us for Feel Good Headlines of the Week? All right. I actually got one. I uh, I was thinking about it. And so Heidi and I went out this movie. And since we movies are on the brain, I'll talk about a movie that we went to. I was originally going to go see Madam Web. I watched one movie about it. I heard the reviews and I decided I was going to make a pivot. And I went to go see the new Argyle movie. And I just wanted to let everyone know Argyle is the cat's meow. All right. When I went, that was the first time in a long time I've gone to a movie. Like I, whenever I watch movies on Netflix or Peacock or Hulu, whatever, I always feel like I kind of have an instinct on what's going to happen next. And I was just like, every time I thought I was going to know what was going to happen, it, it, it totally threw me off. And that's what those the director of like those Kingsman movies and Argyle do is like he they are so good at what they do. I love those movies. I love Argyle. If you have any time to go see it this weekend, Joey, if you haven't seen it yet, make sure you go ahead and find the time visits. I'll have to use my movies uh, with a movie pass card to go see it one day. Oh, yeah, the, the beekeeper. <laughs> there you it's go. Playing right now. Are you on the movie pass still? Does that still exist? Oh, I re-upped, baby. I am. <laughs> <laughs> It works on a different system now. Um, it works on credits. Um, boy, I was riding high in 2018, 2019 with a movie pass card. Oh, yeah. I was seeing like three a day. I was breaking the rules. Oh, oh you were the one who put them three out of business day. almost, yeah, Joey. Man. I love What's it. Statute of limitations on that. <laughs> you cool? <laughs> hey, man. Are you can you are you good to go home at night? <laughs> <laughs> Joey's got the execs of movie of uh, movie pass showing up at his door after this fucking program. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll round us out here. I, I won't play the clip, but uh, there was an interview with Antonio Pierce, the Raiders' new head coach, and they were basically asking him um, why didn't it work out with Cliff? You know, we went to bed one night thinking Cliff Kingsbury was going to be the new OC of the Las Vegas Raiders. We woke up the next day. It's the Washington Commanders. What happened? And uh, basically, Antonio ends that clip saying, 
you know, Magic still's got that dog in him. You know, Magic's still out there wheeling and dealing and making assists. So uh, Magic Johnson has not lost a step. How about that, guys? I, I mean, comes into fit football and just absolutely out wheeling and dealing everyone right now. I didn't know if Flex was hiring Cliff Kingsbury, but <laughs> I, I guess if Magic's got it, he's got it, man. Like, I'll give it to you. <laughs> Hey, he it's oh it's better than Luke Getzey, am I right, Joey? That's that's yeah. <laughs> high bar. Yeah, high bar for sure. Well, guys, thank you so much for uh tuning in. Joey, tell us one more time where we can find you, how we can best support you and everything you have going on here as the 2024 fantasy football season approaches. Yeah, head over to the Discord uh for football guys. You know, we've got a lot of fun stuff going on there. We got the revamp going on Friday. I'm in there all the time trying to build that community up even more and more. When the season gets closer, uh, Football Guys Sunday Morning Live, I'm the host along with Jagger May, Jeff Bell, and our injury expert, Adam Hutchinson. Um, and you can still find me at 3 o'clock every Thursday in the Friday yes. Fantasy Game Show, um, yeah. which I think all of you have been on. Kyle, I don't think you've been on. We need to get you on there. Um, super fun. Oh, no. Who? you never been on it. I've been asking you for years to come on that show. Right here, come- right now. Commit to coming on the Fantasy Game. I will show. commit. I'll, I, I will okay. commit after the draft. Like, let's run it. We're gonna do it. And I, I miss. Can I just boys. say, like, I, who's like my little baby boy? Like, we, we, we were on Sports Me together years yeah. ago. Yeah. And I, I saw this young man that just knew sports so well, and I, I think he hesitated much longer than he should have. And I am so happy every time I see Hoove on camera. So. Kudos to you, Seth, for finally locking this guy down. Hey, man, I'm very blessed I met Hoove when I did, man. And uh, we, we shared some very good vibes out there in Canton a couple years ago. So yeah, uh, when I was looking around for a video editor, I thought, damn, what about Hoove, man? And uh, mm-hmm. it's been a great signing since. So I appreciate that, Joey. And uh, Hoove, thanks for everything you're doing for the company right now. Had just your mock draft explode on the site uh, these last couple of days. So I'm appreciative of that. Eric, thank you for your wisdom. You got a best ball article dropping later this week as well. I'm excited to see what's going on over there with that. And Kyle, thanks for always having our back end, man, and making us sound better than we actually do. That's a big job for us, man. And uh, shout out to IBT family, Jamie, Rachel, Albert, everyone slayed in the chat tonight. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We'll be back next week. Uh, Enjoy the rest of this week and uh, be safe out there. Until next time, you guys know what to do. Keep it in between. Thank you.